Lord, thank you so much for uh, bringing us here, God, and for what you've brought us here to do in our hearts, Lord. And everyone in here, I know and believe, Lord, it's a reflection of their desire to know you better. Um, their desire to get more out of your word, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to us, God. I pray that you would give us, Lord, um, those resources that only you can, uh, you can supply in our lives and in our spirit and our heart um, to help us to, to know you. I thank you that you say, Lord, that, that if we want to know you, we can ask. Um, and you'll, you'll give us uh, wisdom freely, Lord. Uh, give us more of yourself and of your spirit, Lord. And so, Lord, may you bless this time. May you lead and direct this time. Uh, may you be glorified, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I, I, I forgot to ask, is how, how long was, should I ask? Where's, well, I know Chad was also going to share as well. Yeah, so I'll just wait for Chad. He can give me, he can give me numbers. All right. So, um, digging deeper into the word. Um, it's, it's, this is an interesting thing, and I, I sometimes get in trouble. It's a marriage retreat, so I can say I sometimes get in trouble with my wife because, um, you know, when, when you see these things of, like, how to lose weight or how to, you know, um, you know all these things, I, I usually see stuff like that, and I think, well, you just have to, like, exercise and eat well, and there's, no, there's kind of no way around it. And so one of the really things that's uh, really important to digging deeper into the Word is I can't communicate enough how important the discipline is. You have to just develop the discipline. Um, it's, it's, it's taking time to continually go back to the Word, go back to the Word, go back to the Word. Uh, there's a, there's a uh, different people in a, in a room like this. There's people that uh, should probably be teaching this class. And uh, many others, you know, that I know uh, love the Word, and, and it's a privilege to be able to share with you. And then there's people that maybe are just getting started or trying to figure out how do I focus on um, studying the Scriptures in the season of life in which I'm at. You know, I was... Uh, even asking my wife here, you know, like, hey, well, you're in a season with a toddler. When you're digging deeper into the Word, what, what does that look like? And so um, I pray that the Holy Spirit does uh, something. And, and if it doesn't answer all the questions or if you still have kind of in your specific situation, I don't know how to process it. How do I spend more time in the Word? I'm available. I know Chad's available. My, my wife is available. And I'm going to throw Stephanie on the, under the bus. Uh, you, can ask, you can ask us and, and re reach out to us and say, hey, I, I want to find out how to dig deeper in this season that I'm at. But I wanted to take some time to uh, look at a, a few verses. And uh, these next couple of verses, I'm just going to give you the reference. Um, you don't have to look them up. But in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 7, it says, uh, Then I said, Behold, I have come, and this is Jesus speaking, In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. And so the Bible is about Jesus. Getting to know the Bible is about getting to know Jesus. And, and, you know, just like in, in a marriage or in a relationship, you, you have to spend time with the person if you're going to get to know who the person is. And so we have to spend time with the Word. We have to spend time in His presence. In Hebrews 4, verse 12, speaking of the Word, it says that the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Uh, Psalm 138, verse 2 says, You have magnified your word above all your name. And so I, 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 I can't make enough of the word. I think the word of God is, is so important and so great that God has exalted it even above his name. That, that if you want to get to know who he is, you have to pick up the word and the scriptures. You have to spend time with, with him. 
First Peter chapter 1, verse 24 and 25 says, Because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass, the grass withers and the flower falls away, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Um, I, this is a verse that I really like in Jeremiah 20, verse 9. Uh, Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah went through a lot of difficulty and hardship communicating the word of God to other people. Um, you know, I, I, I like to have the validation. I like to have someone say, oh, good job. Oh, that's great. Oh, that really ministered to me. I mean, there's, my pride probably likes it. But, but you know, when, when somebody is there kind of con- affirming your, uh, giving somebody the word, that's great. But when somebody is bringing opposition and resistance and you don't see it making any difference, uh, Jeremiah went through a season as a prophet where he just wanted to just shut up. I don't want to say the word of God. I don't want to say the truth. And he tried to keep his mouth shut and his heart shut. Um, But he said that his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones, and I was weary of holding it back, and I could not. And so if you're maybe in a season where I I was really blessed with what Sandy was sharing, where, you know, maybe you and your spouse, there's a revelation that's come, and you're trying to get on the same page of unification, you know, and there's a struggle there that takes place, and maybe the temptation is to shut up the word in your heart, and I'm, I'm just going to hold it back. I'm not, the, the work that God is doing, the revelation that God has given me, I'm not going to kind of share it. Um, man, I, I'd encourage you, don't, don't shut up the work of God and the word of God in your heart. You have to be faithful to the revelation that God is giving uh, and given. And you might find that the Lord might just keep revealing himself to you and revealing himself to you until it burns like a fire in your heart. And then you can't hold it back anymore. you got to say the truth. Um, you got to share with your, your, your wife, uh, uh, the most important person in your life, aside from Jesus, you've got Jesus, and then you've got your wife or your husband. You've got to share with them what God is revealing of himself. And so, depending on where you're at, there's a couple of, of points that I wanted to get to. And the first verse I wanted to look at is in Acts 17, verse 11. And it's, it's a familiar passage. Um, it's documenting Paul's missionary journey through... Um, through Thessalonica and Berea. And when he comes to Berea, uh, he stops and he communicates uh, this about the Bereans. He said, these were uh, more, this is uh, Acts chapter 17, verse 11. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, and they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. And so some of those words there, received, it means to take with the hand, to welcome, uh, with all readiness means with zeal, spirit, with eagerness, with inclination. Um, and then searched is to examine or judge, to investigate, to examine, to inquire into, to scrutinize, to sift, to question. And so one of the first things that's really most important when coming to the scriptures is your attitude and your heart when you come to the scriptures. If you're uh, coming at it with kind of like a, it's a weariness, uh, uh, the, the toil, the burden uh, of coming to, I hope I get something this time because, oh man, I got to, you know, that attitude, I, I don't expect that attitude to produce anything when I have it in my own heart and I bring it to my scripture reading. If I come to the scriptures with an expectation that God wants to speak to me, that God will speak to me, if I have a readiness in my heart, an eagerness, a zeal, a passion for, man, God is going to speak to me today. I'm opening up his word. And I'm going to read it like it's, like it's something from the Lord to me. And I'm going to make note of what he said, even if I don't understand why right now. There's times when I, I, I remember even recently I, had, I was reading through uh, 
So in the mornings, I, I, I read uh, with my three-year-old. I'm on a three-year-old level, you know, and then, and then I, I read, you know, uh, for myself later. And I remember reading through uh, Moses and his struggle with the people of Israel when they were complaining. And it's a passage I'm familiar with, but maybe three or four days later, I was going through a struggle, and I'm crying out to the Lord. I'm praying, you know, in my cars, I'm driving to work. I'm like, oh, Lord, you know. And, 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 and kind of bearing my heart out. And the Lord brought to memory the verse that was several days before. And so God was speaking to me several days before, but it, it hadn't clicked yet. He spoke to me in advance. And, and if I hadn't stopped to take note of what he was speaking to me, then when I would have gone through it later, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have heard it or recognized it. And so when you're reading, if you don't get something at that moment, it doesn't mean that God's not speaking. God might be speaking for something that's going to happen in a few days. Or God might be speaking for someone else. You know, God is giving you a verse to minister to and encourage someone else. And so it's important that we take note of these things. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's uh, uh, more of a problem for guys. I, I just, you know, I hear that, you know, most, many wives say that their biggest complaint about their husbands is that they don't listen, you know. I mean, I've never heard my wife say it, you know. Maybe she, maybe, maybe she has, but I've never heard it. No, um, but, but, you know, we have to train ourselves to listen. I'm joking. My wife has said that because I don't listen. But, um, uh, you know, we have to train ourselves to listen, to listen carefully, uh, to listen like it's important. And, and these things may sound basic, but they're essential. So we, we need to come to it with a, a, a readiness of heart. Um, and then there's certain things. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. Nope, it's 2 Timothy 2.15. I should have trusted my notes. Um, it says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so th- just kind of picking apart the words that are there, and, and I, I looked up what these words mean in the Greek. There's a, a website called Blue Letter Bible, which I'm taking away Chad's notes. But um, you could go there and, and uh, you could click on the interlinear function or they have an app for it. And It'll tell you the word in the Greek, uh, what it means in the Strong's Concordance. And uh, there, the word to be diligent is to hasten, to make haste, to exert oneself. This, 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 is, this is an exertion. You know, sometimes I think we come to the gym, we want to lose weight, and we're like, oh, this is going to involve working? Uh, you know, I don't want to do that. Well, it's, it's going to involve work. It's going to involve labor. You should exert yourself for the scriptures to understand these things. To present yourself, which is to stand before the Lord, and to, to stand before the Lord approved, which means accepted. So it's, this is an interesting word because in the Greek, this word for approved is the same word that you would use for coinage that was uh, of the appropriate value. Because in those days, you know, you had, say, a silver coin. And if you were a shady merchant, you would shave off the edges of that coin. And you'd keep little shavings of silver. And then once you have enough shavings of silver, you would mint your own coin, and you just made an extra coin um, out of the, the silver that you were shaving off of other people's coins. And, but when you had a, a merchant that this guy was uh, certified to present good currency, he never shaved off those coins. The Romans had come in and verified this is a legit uh, merchant. They were approved. That's the same word that you'd use here. It's the word that Paul chose to use. So as a servant of the Lord, you don't want to be somebody that's shaving off the truth of God's word or shaving it off for your own convenience. 
to try to get something else out of it that, that is other than what the Lord intended for it to be. Uh, you want to be a workman who is able to be presented approved before the Lord, a workman who doesn't need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And that word workman is a word for an agricultural worker. And I, I'm not an agricultural worker, but I have uh, helped out a, a little bit at the ranch, and it's, that's hard work. You know, if you've done any landscaping, if you've done any agricultural work, that is hard, hard work. And I had power, power tools, so, um, and I was tired. But, um, you know, you can, you can expect to do, to do work. Rightly dividing is to cut straight, uh, to cut straight along straight paths, the word of truth. And so as you're coming to the scriptures, some of the, 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 the kind of the fundamentals or the basics are that you would come to it with a good attitude, an attitude of expectancy, an attitude of reverence, an attitude of alertness, of teachability, teachabilities you're able to receive and hear from the Lord. If I'm coming at the word with, with an expectation that it's going to keep me at my comfort zone, it's not going to go further than what you know, I'm comfortable with or what I'm prepared for, then I'm not going to get as much out of the word as is intended for it. Um, there's a book. I wish I could remember the title for it. If I do, I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what it was. But um, there was a book, and I, I remember reading it, and he was uh, going through the, the parables of Jesus, and he gave his interpretation. And I was refreshingly made uncomfortable. It's like, well, Jesus is saying this. And I'm like, Wait a minute, I've never heard that before. I gotta go back and oh man, he is saying that, you know? And 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 just because he was taking what the scripture said at face value, well, that's what he said. Just obey it. And and when we come to the word, we gotta come with a heart of expecting the word to instruct me, to teach me, to grow me, to challenge me, and, and with a heart that's ready to be transformed by the word that I read. But also this attitude of alertness. You know, and I, I know a, a brother that uh, they were trying to find a time to spend with the Lord. And, you know, they have kids, and so they'd wake up earlier, and then they wake up earlier, and then they wake up earlier. Because they had to wake up early enough so that they would be alert by the time they sat down with their Bible. You know, and I have, you could pray for my particular challenge is that I have a, my particular challenge is that I have a three-year-old that wakes up at the, whenever I wake up, he wakes up. So he's, he's got my, uh, my, my sleep patterns. But if he hears me rustling, I try to wake up at 5, he wakes up at 5.15. Like, you never woke up at 5.15. <laughs> so you gotta, it's like a challenge now. But you got to find a time. you gotta, you got to not give up until you find a time, you know, where, where you, can, you can dedicate to the Lord. You're alert. You're paying attention. And then expect that there's going to be a struggle. There will be a, a, a difficulty. I find that for me, it's helpful to, to find a consistent time. I know that depending on what season of life that you're at, you know, if you've got a kid that wakes up at the same time that you do, you might have to find a slot, but you gotta, my exhortation would be to not give up until you find that slot. I mean, even speaking to, to, to my wife, some of the things that really helped her is like, just have a Bible at different places of the house. You know, there's a Bible where I stop to make coffee. There's a Bible where I sit down to, to do homeschooling with, with the kid. You know, there's a Bible here so that I can just pick it up and read it, you know? Um, if you can wake up earlier, it's, it's invaluable. I, I find for me, one of the tools that's really important for me is isolation. You know, it's really hard for me to focus on, um, reading the Bible, even if I'm sitting next to somebody else. And since it's a married couples retreat, so I'm going to take advantage of that to give kind of advice and counsel. 
if you can, try to help your spouse spend time alone with the Lord. Try to help them. What do I mean by that? Nag them. No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know dro- drop you know, su- suggestions like, oh, don't you think you should read your Bible today? No, that's not what I mean. <laughs> but, you know, if, if, if you see that it's coming from them to, to pull away, try to facilitate that. Try to help them to have that time. I can guarantee you that the spouse you get back is better than the one that you gave up. You know, you're giving to the Lord your tithe of your spouse. <laughs> and, and what you'll get back is a better, a better spouse. You know, so I, I'd like to encourage the married couples to encourage one another in that process. Or you see your spouse pick up a Bible to read the Bible, you know. In my case, sometimes I'm like, Ben, we're going for a walk. Come on, let's go, you know. Uh, you know, mom has a couple minutes to read her Bible, you know, a couple minutes to pray. Um, but depending on what season of life you're in, you might have different challenges and struggles with that. So strive to find a consistent time. I would encourage you to try to find time in the morning. Um, for me, I, I don't think that I, I have better times than before everybody else wakes up. Um, if you can find a, a, a location um, that you can consistently commit to, I think that helps uh, a regular place. Um, and then a basic plan is to pray briefly um, or, or longly. Sometimes I start praying and I'm just, I spend the whole time praying, you know, but praying is essential. You got to ask the writer of the book what it means. Praise God, read the Bible, meditate, write down what you think that God showed you or what you think that it means, um, and, then, and then pray uh, when you conclude. And sometimes you might find that you're getting into a rut. It's okay to vary your plan uh, often. Um, I, I'm more of one of those consistent people, so like I got to stick to my... I got to stick to my thing. Um, And then expect a battle. You might be struggling with sleep or concentration. You know, the stuff that you did not remember that you had to do, you know, three days ago will all come to mind when you're praying and when you're trying to read the Bible. So there's another, uh, I think Adrian would keep a journal for what God speaks to him and a journal for all the stuff he's trying not to think about. So when he's praying or when he's reading the Bible, he would write down uh, something pops into his head. Ah, I got to cut the grass. He'd write, cut the grass. And then, or, and then he'd go back to reading his Bible. Like he would just focus on the different stuff. Uh, all this stuff goes over here. I'll get to that later. I don't have to remember or think about that right now. And then don't quit, um, which sounds easy, but it's not easy. Just you got to keep at it. Um, if, you're, if you're hoping to get something from anything in this life, it involves commitment and consistency. So... As you uh, apply those things in your life, the other things I wanted to kind of encourage you guys with um, are some, some practical pointers. Um, there's, there's three kind of facets of study that I think you can, you can use and employ that can help you get more out of the scriptures. And the first of them is to focus on observation. Take time to observe the passage. Take time to see what it is that is actually said there. Um, I, this morning I was reading in second, in first Chronicles, I think it was first Chronicles 21. And, um, when David, I had recently shared on this from a different passage of scripture. When, when David, uh, goes to purchase the threshing floor of Arowana, the Jebusite in Chronicles, he's called Ornan, the Jebusite. And, uh, there, when I taught it last time, I was like, man, did Ornan not see the angel? It says in First Chronicles, he saw the angel that was standing above his threshing floor and his kids ran away. I mean, you're working and you look up and you see an angel above your threshing floor with a sword drawn in his hand. His kids run. And he's like, eh, I got to finish threshing the wheat. <laughs> you know, he's either going to kill me or, you know, why am I going to waste time? I got to at least finish my job for today. And, and so 
I wouldn't have noticed that if I wasn't observing. And it's important to take time to observe the details and to write down the details. The details might not seem important right now, but they will help you to interpret the passage later. So write down details. Write down who is in the passage. Questions that you can ask yourself is, who is speaking? Who is this about? Who are the main characters? What is the subject or event? What instructions are given? Uh, when do these events occur? When will they occur? Where did this happen? Or where was it said? So who, what, when, where, how? Re journalism questions, you know? Who, what, when, where, how? Who is speaking? Uh, who is this about? Who are the main characters? You read the passage several times. Uh, look for key words and phrases. If there's, a, if there's a word you don't know, write that word down because you're going to want to look up that word later. And, and if there's a word that you do know but it seems to be important, write that word down and look it up because the Bible wasn't written in English. It was, it was given in Hebrew and Chaldean in the Old Testament and the New Testament is in Greek, in Koine Greek. And so the word that you're getting in English is a translation from the original language. And sometimes, as you know, if you speak both Spanish and English, or some of you speak several languages, that when you translate a word from one language to another, there's loss of meaning sometimes. Or there's subtle nuances in translation. You know, sometimes I'll read a translation in Spanish, and I'll read the translation in English, and, and I'm like, wow, that's a slightly different word. Why did you choose that word? And then I go back to look at the Greek word, and then I'm like, oh, because the Greek has certain layers of meaning as well. So if it's a word that's important to the passage, write it down and try to look it up. Write it down and do look it up. If you want to get something out of it, trying to look it up isn't going to help you. Looking it up, that might help you. So um, new words, words you don't understand. Um, if there's a, a word that's repeated a lot, you might want to look at it up in a concordance and see what it means, other places in which it's used. Define all words that are unknown to you. Um, identify words of conclusion. This is just observing the passage. So if you see, for example, I'm saying something and then I say, therefore, that's why this, that, and the other. I didn't start the, 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 the sentence there. Therefore is a connecting word. Or in conclusion, well, what do you expect after that is usually a summary, and that should help you understand everything I've said before. You know, so these kinds of words of conclusion are important. Finally, for this reason, um, it's, it's really awesome when you're going through the epistles and it says something like, for this reason I've written unto you. Because that, that's a key for the whole book. And you could go back to the book and be like, oh, you wrote to me this book so that I would believe in you, Jesus. And that in, in believing I'd have life in your name. That's the book of John or the gospel of John. So everything in the whole gospel is conditioned by the purpose for which he wrote it. And, and that's why later on at the end of the Gospel of John, he says, if I was trying to give you a play-by-play -play account of everything Jesus said and did, there's not enough books in the world to write all this stuff down. You know, but I'm including these passages of Scripture because I'm trying to help you believe in his name and, and believing you would have life. You know? So these words are important for this reason, finally. Um, and then it comes to interpretation. Oh, man, look at that. And then it comes to interpretation. So when it comes to interpreting, that's when you take all the things you've observed, and then from that you're going to ask yourself, why was it written? What does it mean? You know? Um, context is super important. And by that I mean what that word means is determined by the words before it 
and the sentence before it, the sentence after it, you know. It's, it's kind of like if I were here and telling a story and you decided to take a sentence out of that story and come up with a whole other set of uh, meaning out of what I'm saying, um, you're not being led by context, you know, and context rules in interpretation. It's really important to look at what this passage means in context. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, and let me go through these and I'll go back. Scripture will never contradict Scripture. Um, don't base your convictions on obscure passages of Scripture and interpret Scripture literally whenever possible. So you always want to lean on the literal interpretation of that passage. Don't try to come up with a metaphorical interpretation unless you have to because the language says this is a metaphor. This is a simile. He is like this. Well, okay, then I can know that that's uh, a metaphor. Or if I'm reading the poetic books, you know, I know that there's, there's metaphor to that. Um, I recently had somebody uh, call the church. I've never heard of them before, met them before. I don't know how I got their phone, the phone number. They're a truck driver. And if they're here, God bless you. Love you. Jesus loves you. Um, but there was, a, there was a verse in Psalms, and they, they read through it, and then they stopped at, at two words, you know, and then something about the firmament. And then, wait, but then back in Genesis, the firmament above the waters and below the waters. And then over here, the firmament. What if, what if God has put heaven right above the sky and then there's like water of the glass sea above heaven, in heaven, water firmament, firmament. What if God is like a flat earther? I said, okay, maybe, but I don't think that's what that means. <laughs> you know, If you look at the context of it, it's clearly poetic. He's clearly talking about, you know, in, the, in I think it was Psalm 19, he's talking about the firmament, the skies, declaring the handiwork of God. He's talking about creation. And I, 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 I would encourage you, like I'm trying really gently to kind of, I'm encouraging you to not take what is clearly written as a metaphor so literally that you're basing a whole doctrine off of one verse that you picked out of this passage and one verse that you picked out of here and five of them are out of context. You know, and so it ended well with the conversation. Um, I, I tried to be nice about it. And, the, and then the last thing that's really important, and I like to say it's most important, but it's really not. All these things are important. If you don't observe, you're not going to get anything out of it. If you're not uh, interpreting properly, you're not going to get anything out of it. But also, if you're not doing this, and we often tend to neglect this, if you're not applying the scriptures, you're not going to get anything out of it. If you're not learning stuff that you're now going to obey and heed and change, you know, if, if, if I'm looking at the scriptures and it says I should dwell with my wife according to knowledge, and I know that passage, but I don't actually dwell with my life accor wife according to knowledge, I will not have any of the blessings of obedience. And I'll never really understand what that scripture means because I'm not obeying it. So application is absolutely important. Jesus would all the time be telling the people who are listening, if you know these things and if you hear them, blessed are you if you do them. So you haven't even gotten to the blessing part until you start obeying what he says. So application is absolutely important. And I have a, another like 15 pages of notes. So I'm going to turn it over. I'm going to pray and turn it over to Chad. And um, there's a lot of stuff I'd, I'd like to encourage you guys in. Um, 
and a lot of resources that are available. So if, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to ask. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word and for the opportunity for us to be here. And I pray, Lord, um, that you would uh, take, Lord, what's spoken and, and have it minister to and speak to our hearts and uh, grow and develop us in you and our love for you, uh, Lord, that there would be uh, morsels of truth in life, Lord, for each one of us here in this room. Um, from these things, maybe even just needful reminders, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, Chris. Uh, I'm just going to be like 10 minutes, so um, <laughs> don't worry. Uh, these are just some things that I have found have worked um, for me. So I, in some ways, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. I don't want to sound like this is the way to do You know, I don't want to sound legalistic about your, your personal devotion. So um, but anyway, when should I do devotions? And the verse that comes up to mind is Matthew 6.33, Seek ye first um, the kingdom of God. So for me, you know, it's very important to try to do devotions in the morning, you know, to try to spend time in the Bible, in the Word of God, uh, in prayer in the morning. Um, and I put, you know, if at all possible. Uh, I have a, um, my, co- my wife's cousin, her husband, he works at Costco, and he works like at 3.30 in the morning. And so it's just, you know, okay, he can't do it. So he has better time in the afternoon. But in general, um, you know, try, I try to do it in the morning. Um, in Daniel, though, we see he prayed three times a day, and then we also see David mention this in the Psalms, like, I sought the Lord, you know, morning, noon, and in the evening. So I think it's also great to, you know, steal away a little time, maybe at lunch, to spend in the Word. Uh, maybe in the evening, you know, it's an awesome thing when the last words you're hearing are God's word um, at nighttime. So, that, you know, three times a day. And as a, as a side note, too, I think sometimes there's that, I've had that mindset of, you know, back in, back, you know, in college, you know, I sought the Lord, you know, I went camping, I sought the Lord for hours, and, and then I struggle. I'm not doing that right now. And sometimes you, you don't want to condemn yourself. You know, that's the enemy condemning yourself. But sometimes, Less is more when it's broken down. I'm, you know, I'm okay. I got 15 minutes here. I got 15 minutes here. Um, always pray, as Chris said, always pray before beginning to read the Bible. The Bible is the only book you can read where the authors right there with you. You know, pray that the Lord will give you understanding, that he'll open your heart, he'll open your mind. I, I recommend as much as possible reading the Bible aloud because in Romans 10, 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It also helps me stay engaged. You know, when I early in the morning, you know, just reading it aloud, um, I think has has great um, benefit. And um, and I, I know a lot of you know this. You know, even sometimes it's like, man, I'm not getting anything out of there. God will bring that verse up days later, years later, months later. You know, the Bible never returns void. Where do you start? There was a, a pastor a number of years ago that came to Calvary, and he, he simply recommended, and I don't think this is rocket scientist, but uh, reading through the Old Testament and reading through the New Testament. So he was reading, and I'm, I'm trying to apply that, you know, a uh, chapter in the Old Testament, chapter in the New Testament. He's reading through the Bible. I've also, at times, read a psalm a day or, or read a proverb a day. So, you know, again, there's nothing wrong with, you know, I'm, I'm going to read the book of Galatians, and it's not in an order. But in, uh, in general, reading through the Old Testament, reading through the New Testament. Uh, the important thing I also wrote in here, just read. You know, um, some people, maybe there's days where you read three chapters and you read them fast. Maybe there's days where you read two verses and you, you meditated on them and spent a lot of time on them. But the important thing is just read. Uh, 
Um, pray throughout your Bible reading. Pray as you read the scriptures. Um, prayer time and Bible reading can go hand in hand. The ultimate purpose of reading the Bible isn't just to know the Bible. You know, it's to know Jesus. It's this relationship with Jesus. So to stay engaged, you know, spend time um, praying as, you, you know, it's great to pray scriptures or get up and walk around and, and pray or carry the Bible with you as you walk around. Um, schedule time to be alone with God. You know, we do that for everything else. You know, try to cut out a certain time of day. And as Chris said, and I, you know, I'm, again, growing in these things, you know, communicating with your spouse. You know, this is the time I'm going to try to spend with the Lord. Can you watch the kids or, or try to do it um, for your spouse? Uh, get alone. Jesus goes up to the mountain, you know, finding places that are free of distraction. Uh, and again, for some of us, it's only in the morning or, or maybe the backyard, but trying to find these places. But conversely, you know, this has happened to me before where it's like, man, there's no quiet place around here. And hey, you can read the Bible even when it's not quiet. You know, your kids can watch, look at you read the Bible. You know, so you always don't have to have the perfect setting as well. Um, I put in, you know, as I get tired, go on a walk. Uh, I can read the Bible. Um, getting sleepy, stand up and read. I also try to uh, have an old hymnal that um, my mom used to play the piano. I, I took it. She hasn't asked about it. But um, I also, uh, I print sometimes a praise and worship song I like. You know, I'll, I'll print the lyrics. I have a little folder. You know, try to sing, sing to the Lord. Um, always have a journal. I think it was Zach who said, you know, as a minimum, just write one verse a day. You know, if you're, you're not sure what to write down, you read a chapter, you know, one, at least write one verse that sticks out to you. And then maybe what the Lord is showing you um, for application. But I think it's so um, important to journal. Uh, wait on the Lord. Be still. Again, there's times where we, we just pray, da, 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 or, or we just read the Bible and we go. You know, the, the point is hearing from the Lord. You know, just wait. Be quiet. Be still. Maybe the Lord's going to speak something to your spirit. Maybe he's going to show you a verse to go to. So I think that's just important to spend in a couple minutes just silent, waiting on the Lord. Um, memorizing scripture. Psalm 119.11 says, your word I've hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Uh, memorizing scripture, you know, maybe writing on a three by five card or, or writing a place or, or having a minute, pulling out of your pocket and, and speaking it aloud. I, w I listened to um, on God's Ra Way Radio at like 7.05 is um, Johnny Erickson has like a little five minute devotional thing, but she talks about her husband every evening, like his evening time with the Lord is going over all the scriptures he memorizes. And he's memorized just chapters and chapters in the Bible, and he's always rereading them and rememorizing and memorizing new scriptures. But, um, you know, it's an amazing thing to get the word hidden in your heart. Uh, Chris mentioned, you know, I think it's kind of a random time the Lord spoke to him a verse, but there was a time in my life I was in college and, uh, you know, just struggling with, you know, am I even saved? And, you know, and that can happen to anybody at any stage, but, you know, am I even saved? And I probably knew one scripture, John 3, 16, but I remember driving on the interstate and struggling with that question, and I, I look up, and there's graffitied on the overpass, John 3, 16, and so I then recite the one scripture I know by heart, and it just ministers to me. For God so, you know, you hope, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. So, Get the word inside of you, and God will speak to you through the one scripture verse you know. Um, play, play the Bible aloud. Listen to teachings. 
there's many Bible apps now you can have on your phone where you can play the Bible. Johnny Cash is my favorite uh, music artist, and uh, I have his um, him on New. T he read the New Testament, so I had that on um, a CD. But anyway, I played it in my car, and it, it's an amazing thing. If you're struggling with bad thoughts, it just they cannot exist. You put in the Bible, being read aloud, and those thoughts will flee. And um, so anyway, I encourage you for that as well. Uh, the last thing, again, just to, to keep read the Bible, keep reading the Bible. I think back to this time in high school where maybe it was the one time in my life, but I, I ran track and I cut out sugary foods and I was trying to eat right. And after a while, I'm sure some of you here have experienced this, you don't even crave the soda anymore. You're not even craving the junk food anymore. And it's the same with the Bible. The more you read, the more you want, the more you crave, and it becomes a snowball effect. And at times it's hard, at times it's difficult, but to keep at it, and um, and you'll you'll push through, and the and the Lord will obviously reward you. I just put two resources down, and Chris, I think mentioned one of them, but you may want to ask somebody that you know that you look up to, and like, hey, what what do you read? You know, what what Christian books do you read, or what commentaries do you use? But BlueLetterBible.com. You can put any Bible verse. You can click on the word and it gives you the original language. It has um, commentaries like David Guzik, who you can, you know, sometimes the, I, I believe the Lord's speaking to me through, powerfully through a verse, but it's like, wow, it's so amazing. I got to be sure that I'm not the only one that's, you know, and, you, and you, oh, wow, he has, this is him speaking to me. You know, it's confirmed here from this other, you know, this man of God or something. But um, you can look at commentaries. You can check the original language. It has just maps and um, which helps you with background and context. So Blue Letter Bible has a ton of stuff. The more you explore, the more stuff you'll find. And then I, I've heard Chuck Smith say that the first thing he would recommend is Haley's Bible Handbook. And uh, it breaks down each book, has some maps. Um, and so it's very simplistic, but it covers the entire Bible. So it's just one thing to maybe have there as you read the Bible. But anyway, again, we thank you guys for coming out and, uh, and choosing Digging Deeper. It's not a contest, but we thank you for choosing um, Digging Deeper. So, uh, let me close in prayer, and then you guys are dismissed for free time. Um, dear Lord Jesus, thank you again for this retreat and Pastor Sandy. But right now, I just pray for each person that's in this room, Lord, that you would give us a thirst, a hunger, a love for your word, that time in your word is never wasted. Uh, time in prayer is never wasted, even if the time we think uh, we're getting nothing out of it, Lord. I pray, touch each heart, uh, touch each mind, uh, fill us with a greater desire, yearning love for you, Lord. Um, and we pray the same for all the other couples. And we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. amen.